Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Barbara Bowes, an HR expert we talked to from Legacy Bowes on how Christmas parties are changing. Eric Castleman is the owner of the Park Theater on South Osborne. They're doing some renos over there at the park. We'll find out about them. Bob Irving will join us. The odds are already out for who might win the 2019 Great Cup. We'll talk to Bob about that. And a listener, Erica Chernick, with a very important GoFundMe fundraiser I want you to help out with, okay? Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. You're having a Christmas party tonight? Oh, it's not a Christmas party. Mm. It's a non-denominational holiday mixer. More inclusive. Well, whatever you call it, it's not happening. All right. It's canceled. You have a Christmas party? Some companies apparently canceling their Christmas party. It's not worth the hassle. Me too, drinking, all that kind of stuff. Companies are just kind of avoiding it. Uh, Christmas parties are changing. And here to talk with us about it, Barbara Bowes, HR expert at Legacy Bowes. Hey, Barb, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for doing this. So companies really are going to that extent. I'm hearing it in the States. What about here? Um, I don't think that companies here are are, um, stopping their Christmas parties. They are definitely changing the Christmas party. So, for instance, and the big thing, too, when you mentioned the Me Too movement, um, it's really, really made people recognize that sexual harassment is a big issue, not just at work, but work extends outside of the office building. In other words, your Christmas party. But not only that, it also is um, work is also getting your employees back home after the party. And sometimes issues of sexual harassment will happen on the way home. Accidents will happen on the way home. And employers are responsible for that. So there's a lot more recognition of the issue of responsibility and liability in terms of a Christmas party of, of any kind and any sort. So what we say to, to clients is, number one, you have to plan and orchestrate your party right from square one right until the end. In fact, uh, even last week, I was made aware of a Christmas party situation where the, the designated driver was sexually harassed by someone who was drinking and they were driving that individual home and, you know, inappropriate behavior occurred in the car. So it's really important that safety of employees right from square one uh, is really important. And that has changed. I think Me Too has re-emphasized that, Hal. So are companies, if they're not canceling the parties outright, uh, you say they're changing, is, for example, no booze being looked at as a possible solution? How, how else are they? And, and the other one I wanted to ask you about is now that pot is legal, I, I know for a fact that a lot of companies don't want people indulging, even though the product's legal, indulging in marijuana at a staff Christmas party, do, do they? No, absolutely true. And so, you know, you're starting to see, okay, folks, we're going to have a Christmas party, but here are the ethics that we are going to follow when we're at the party, which is almost like grade one. You shouldn't have to remind people of that, but you have to set those behavioral limits. But the other thing then, the biggest worry here is the alcohol. So what people are doing is limiting, they're giving tickets for drinks 
and each person is cut off at two drinks each. The other issue, though, uh, in terms of privacy and Me Too, et cetera, is photography, because we all have one on the phone. And, and so, you know, you can take a picture of anything and everywhere and catch somebody at an inappropriate moment, et cetera, et cetera. So what we suggest is designate a photographer and make everybody put their phones away. Um, the inappropriate behavior, as you said, you're listing the ethics. And you, you re- we really shouldn't have to do that, but, you know, that's really what's happening. So we also suggest that you form a committee of employees and let the employees plan it within the parameters that you're going to set for behavior and drinks and, and you know, all that kind of thing. But even, you know, how selecting a venue, because you're responsible for that person until they get home, then you need a venue where it's easy to locate, there's low traffic, and maybe a place where everybody's familiar with, but it's safe because once a person walks out, if they're going to be attacked and beat up on their way to the car, you know, that's not really good either. Mm. I've got a friend and their company, the person who works for the company, the Christmas party this year has been changed and uh, this person's pretty sure it's because of alcohol and the things that come from that. But instead of having a party on a Friday night or a Saturday night, they're having a lunch during work hours, and the company is sort of hopeful that that will avoid some of the problems that might pop up. Yeah, and I have seen that as well, and you're you're starting to see uh, organizations and companies uh, collect gifts for kids, uh, dollars for kids, having a potluck lunch and a cookie exchange and all those kinds of things instead of a, a big party. So it is happening more and more. And, uh, you know, it, it, when safety is, is a key issue, you have to get creative, and it doesn't necessarily mean going out to a big dollar party with all of the risks that come with it. So, you know, to me, that's a good idea as well, and that's exactly kind of what we have done ourselves. And, you know, Barb, uh, you mentioned that it's sort of silly that we sometimes have to have these rules that just seem so commonsensical. But, for example, don't overdrink, right? That's just, come on. Um, but are there any other things about the Christmas party or a party of any kind, a company party? I've been told never talk business at the party as well. And maybe go early so that you can mix with the bosses and the supervisors early on. Any other advice from you, uh, HR expert? Yeah, I would say go early and leave early. Um, The other thing that from an employer's point of view is I would like to see the employer or the committee, whoever's doing the organizing, to arrange the seating because not everybody gets along in the workplace. And after you've had a few drinks, the two that don't get along might end up, you know, in some kind of argument. So yeah, do the assigned seating. That way you avoid cliques, etc. You're mixing people for good conversation instead of office talk. So you, you can you strategize that whole thing. Like I said, you orchestrate the whole thing from beginning to end to make sure that there are no problems. The other thing is, though, as soon as you see a problem, you better deal with it right away or you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and as you said, this is all on the company, right? I mean, the company is responsible for this because it's their party and it's their staff. It's the company's problem. It's their st- their staff. They are liable for the employee's safety from beginning to end, and end means getting them home. Yeah, I'm reading online. This is how it started, uh, you and I chatting here today. I'm reading online that there are some companies in the States that are canceling the party, and, and some of them are saying it's because of the Me Too movement. You're not seeing that here locally, but are you seeing more uh, people coming forward to report 
sexual harassment and things that would fall under that Me Too banner? Yeah, we are starting to see it since, you know, ever since the Me Too movement, the number of investigations that we've been doing, um, I think during the summer we were doing 10 per month. So it's dropped off a little bit right now, but the Me Too movement has given people the right, the responsibility and the freedom to report situations where they are not comfortable. And and that's the prelim to uh, an issue of sexual harassment. So to me, those are all really good things. The key thing is, though, you often find people, uh, managers, take it too lightly and they don't do anything. So you've got somebody who raises an issue and then the manager doesn't do anything about it, makes for hard feelings, the issue's not dealt with, and before you know it, you're going to get slapped in the face with a bigger problem. So I, I think the Me Too movement has been really very helpful for bringing the issue back to the table. It's always been there, Hal but to make it uh, much more aware and to make people realize they got to do something now. Right. Hey, Barb, uh, thanks a lot for doing this. Always appreciate your expertise. And because we're talking about Christmas parties, let me be the first person on air uh, to tell a guest, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all the best in the new year. Yeah, you too. Talk soon. All right. Barbara Bowes from uh, Legacy Bowes joining us, HR expert, Christmas party. Are you going to our Christmas party this year, Cam? I am, yeah. It's going to be first, good. It's my first one. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, hopefully it won't be your last. <laughs> yeah, well, I will. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something. Um, the best Christmas party I think we ever had around here was one year, and we're having a potluck again uh, one day uh, during the day at the station here as well this year. But one year the company said, yeah, we're not having a Christmas party. And we did potluck, and everybody brought their favorite dish in, right? And it was one of the best Christmas parties ever. What did you bring? Um, I can't remember. I may have snuck in with nothing, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. You, you brought your fantastic personality. Yes, I did. Yes, yes right. exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was the guy in the corner with a Mickey. <laughs> Pouring drinks. No, I wasn't. I'm kidding. You're doing, you put a little in the punch, right? I'm now. kidding. I'm kidding. But sometimes, you know, less is more. Yeah. Yeah, I Christmas parties can be interesting at the best of times. Well, yeah. It is sometimes, you know, the personalities, the dynamics, you're away from work, you throw in a couple of drinks and uh Well, I, I had a, my one of my old bosses, he yeah. would at the Christmas party, he would be the one that Drank the most out of. Out he of won every, the golden lampshade, uh, golden lampshade award every year. What an honor to yes. hold on. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. It was you know he wasn't ever bad or anything like that. It was it was more fun, but it was like, you know, come on, like this hold yeah. the whole back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, I hear you. Eric Castleman is the owner of the Park Theater, and he joins us on the phone now. Hi, Eric. Hey, Hal. How are you? Great. Thanks a lot for jumping on here and telling us about your renos. This building is over 100 years old. What have you found? What are you doing? Well, we're doing a whole new facelift on the front of the building. Um, we haven't found anything too exciting. I mean, we found some of the old brickwork from the 30s, but it's in pretty rough shape. Uh, but we just found we were getting to the point where the, the front of the building just wasn't in that great of shape. Uh, the marquee itself, especially with it having been rusting out from all the wear and tear over the years and not being maintained properly before I bought the building. Uh, so we had to look at doing something and I kind of been working on this project for about five years and I've always envisioned kind of a wood exterior to kind of speak more of what we do in the 
in the building itself, not being a movie theater anymore, but doing live music and live events. Uh, so we've ripped all the stucco off and starting to rip the tin off and putting up a wooden facade and then a whole brand new marquee and new park letters. I drive by the building every day, and I love that old building. We've talked about that before. You're yeah. getting rid of the marquee, eh? Well, upgrading the marquee. The marquee will be there. It's just going to be upgraded to a digital marquee, so I don't have to send my staff up and down a uh, dangerous ladder, especially in the weather like we are coming up to. Uh, and then also just the park letters themselves. They were all rusted out. Uh, even the, the marquee itself is actually pretty rusted out, so just trying to you know, make sure that we were safe and up to code and uh, doing things in a more pleasing, eye-pleasing manner. Some of that old brick I see on the front, are you going to be able to salvage that or not? Unfortunately not. It's, you know, it looks great until you start getting closer to it and you Mm. see how it's just crumbling and falling apart. And uh, and there's a very good reason why they covered it up back in the 70s. No, I wish I could salvage it. I mean, in an ideal world, the exterior of the building being brick would be the number one choice. Being wood was my second choice. Uh, You know, and I looked, previous to going with this wooden design, I had looked at getting all brand new brick out there, and I just could not, honestly, uh, make the numbers work to, to do that. Yeah. Speaking of the numbers, you don't have to share the number, but over the years, you have spent a lot of money in that building. How are things working out for you there? Because it really has become one of the premier live venues in Winnipeg. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've put a lot of money and a lot of heart and soul into the building and into the neighborhood. Um, I'll be honest, if I was trying to make money, it wouldn't be (laughs) doing what I'm doing. I'm doing this more out of love and more out of passion for the neighborhood and passion for the building itself. Um, so yeah, I've put, I've put way more money in than I'll ever get out of this place. Sure. Well, as you said, though, it's a passion project and I wish you lots of luck with your renos. I know you've always got great shows coming up. Give us one or two over the next little while at the park. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we're very lucky to have JP Ho's after party after his uh, sold out show at the Burton Cummings. So that's on December 14th. Uh, Of course, we have our New Year's coming up. We always do these crazy, fun, epic era parties. And this year we are doing a 1970s funk and soul uh, with uh, Dirty Catfish and uh, Dr. Hotbottom. And then another really good show that I would, uh, you know, get people to come check out is The Congos on January 19th. Um, But as always, there's lots of great stuff. Check out our website at myparktheater.com. Hey, Eric, thanks a lot for doing this. Best of luck. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Hal. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bob Irving. Hi, Bob. Hey, Al. How you doing? You're home. You're safe. I'm home. I'm glad to be home. I spent nine days in Alberta from Calgary up to Edmonton and then Grey Cup week. It was a great week. Uh, The city of Edmonton, Hal, did a super job of uh, hosting the Grey Cup, the festival, and all the rest of it. So, yeah, and I'm glad to be home. I got to tell you, I missed friendly Manitoba. Yeah, I understand. Hey, um, which city puts on the best great cup party do you think well the teams in the west do a, a great job i think better than anybody edmonton of course uh, you know they're a hotbed of football in the cfl and they always do a great job it'll be in calgary next year they'll do a great job we in winnipeg we don't have to take a back seat to anybody likewise regina when you go down east it's a little different hell although when it was in ottawa Last year, uh, they really did a nice job there. Toronto, not so much. Hasn't been in Montreal or Hamilton for a long time. So, you know, I think it's quite obvious that the teams in the West are 
better at it. They have more fans and, uh, you know, just get into it a little bit more. Yeah, I guess it'll be in Calgary next year, eh? Next year in Calgary, and it'll be uh, it'll be a you know a great great cup there, and of course their team will be in contention. You would think that would be a surprise if it's any other way, because Calgary's always in contention, aren't they? So no, I look forward to it in Calgary. It'll be it'll be good. Well, and I guess we're in contention too because I see some new odds are out already for the 2019 Grey Cup. Uh, the Stamps are the favorites, then the Ottawa Red Blacks, and then our Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 13 to 2. Do you like those odds? Yeah, I do, Hal. Uh, I would uh, put a dollar or two down on that, I think, if I was next to a betting wicket right now. I, I like the Bombers this year, as you well know, and they came very close to being in the Grey Cup game, and uh, there's going to be a tremendous amount of uh, curiosity about the off season because teams have so many free agents, but I believe the Bombers will come back next year with a a good nucleus again. They have their quarterback signed. They have Andrew Harris and Darvin Adams and three other offensive linemen already under contract. So I think they're off to a good start in that regard. And I think they'll be, as they were this year, one of the teams to be reckoned with next year. I wanted to have you on for a couple minutes today just to kind of send you off into the offseason in style, Bob. What have you got planned? Big trips for you and Day? Well, we'll be doing some traveling. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we like to cruise, Hal, and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of that. Uh, we still have some plans undecided. We don't uh, map it all out before <laughs> before the football season is over. There are some other things going on in our lives that we have to kind of work around, but uh, we'll be doing a lot of traveling. I'm going to fill in on some morning shifts over the Christmas period. Oh, Kelly Moore's going to put me to work. Yeah, I'll have to get up at 4 o'clock a couple of days out. I haven't done that for a while, but that's okay. I've kind of used to that over the many years. And then, uh, yeah, I look forward to the off season and uh, already looking forward to the next football season because, as I say, I think the Bombers are going to be once again, exciting and fun to watch and all the rest of it. And who knows, maybe maybe 2019 is the year, Hal, where the long drought ends. Or, as I say, let's wait another year and do it on the 30th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many of the fans would agree with you on that, <laughs> but uh, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> hey, buddy, have a great winter. I love you, and thanks for all your help this season. Thanks, Hal. Hey, give me a call every now and then. I'll I'll weigh in on what's going on in the world. I'll be happy to join you. All right, man. I'm taking you up on it. Okay, Hal. There he goes. Hall of Fame broadcaster, Bob Knuckles Irving. All right, joining us in studio now, another listener with a story. Uh, we've got Erica Chernick is here. Hi, Erica. Thanks for coming in today. How was the drive? Uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse out there, is <laughs> it's it? It's getting bad. Yeah. But just, we need to remember our driving skills from last winter and we'll be okay. There you go. We did get word of a crash, but I'm told by others that we're doing okay, considering <laughs> this is sort of the third of the first snows, right? You know, yes. like we haven't had much. And so if we don't get any snow for a couple of weeks, it feels like the first one again, and we're not mm. really good at that. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're managing out there. You sent me an email and uh, I, I am a big believer in when listeners, and I sort of consider us all a family in, in a way, and when listeners have great causes or good stories, I like to share them. And you have a great cause. We've talked about it many times here on CGOB, Drag the Red. Uh, you are in education at the yes. University of uh, St. Boniface, and uh, you, with your classmates, have decided to help out this cause because Drag the Red has a problem right now. 
They do. Um, at the end of August, their boat fell apart, and they have an $8,000 repair bill Wow! for their boat, which is sort of essential for their cause. Yeah, and of course, they are looking for the bodies of missing and murdered Indigenous people, women mostly, but yeah. all people, obviously. And the boat is really important, obviously, to what they do. Yeah, it's essential. And so they need the money. And so you've committed it. GoFundMe. And by the way, the page is called, um, oh boy, I had it right in front of me here. What is it again, Erica? It's GoFundMe.com slash support drag the red. Support Drag the Red on a GoFundMe, and you've committed to raising $1,000. Yeah, we committed to 1000 and we're sitting at 660 right now. Yeah, so you're doing well. We are. That's great. I'm very proud of our group. Yeah, and we want everybody listening now because it's a great cause. Again, it's Support Drag the Red at yes. GoFundMe, and you're, you know, 300 and. $40 short of your goal, and there's nothing wrong with going over that goal. Nothing wrong with that at all, no. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me why your classmates and you decided to help out this cause, Drag the Red. So last year, we had a pretty inspirational professor, Laura Sims, who did a course with us called Indigenous Perspectives, and we had an invited guest come. His name was Mitch, and he gave us a lowdown on how these organizations work, what they're doing his involvement, and just personal stories on how he's helped with these organizations. So last year, we ran a really successful fundraiser for Mama Bear Clan, and we raised enough money to make 100 basic needs kits to hand out on their patrols. And so this year, I contacted all of my friends from the faculty, and I said, do you want to do it again? And it was an overwhelming yes. Yeah. And so I emailed Mitch, and I said, who needs help? And he sent me a message Drag the Red Facebook page. And that's where I found them. Cool. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important that we just as citizens of this community uh, do what we can. And often there's power in numbers, right? you got your yeah. classmates together and it's it's really cool that, that you're doing this. And it, you're just one per There are many people out there doing exactly what you're doing with other groups of people. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate you coming in. Um, Thank you so kind much. Kind of a crappy day and telling <laughs> us about it. Support Drag the Red. On GoFundMe, they need about $340 more to hit their goal. Drag the Red could really... But what are they going to do if the bill's 8000 to fix the boat? We're just going to keep going. Keep going. Keep going as long as it takes until they're fully supported. The goal's 1000 Let's yeah. maybe get it up to 8000 Why not, yeah. right? They're doing exactly. important work. What do you want to do uh, in teaching? Who do you want to teach? I would love to teach high school social studies. That's what I'm doing my practicum in at the moment. Excellent. And any age or, or grade in mind? or um, I, I love the 9 to 12 curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, best of luck with it. You're just about done. You get another year or what? This is my last year. Last I year. I will graduate in April. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Best of luck. Thanks for coming in. And again, if you can help out, support Drag the Red on GoFundMe. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.